everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! See how fast Man, I can get through Man, you really that. sped that up. You started off quite <laughs> mellow and slow, then you increased in intensity and frequency. Truly, man, the end of time presentation had really been taking effect on you. Yeah, well, see, it was feeling like it was the end of time and I had to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> that was last night, at least. I've never seen you so dejected as when I saw you last night not having enough time to answer all the questions. <laughs> you were so upset, yelling. <laughs> I was having so much fun. It was so good. It's just such a blessing to be able to share the Word of God and mm. to do it live and to do it here on Faith FM Radio and to do it on the N.Digital and to be able to, you know, just Sharissa and myself. Sharissa is doing an amazing oh, job. Yeah, 100%. She's just incredible. Mm. So if you've missed any of the N.Digital, of course, you can go to the N.Digital website or to uh, the N.Digital YouTube and you can catch up. Yep. They're all there. They're all available. I would advise you to do so. It's been really good. Yeah, last night we had our uh, had a little get-together watch party again. It was great, except just before it started, I was, you know, as I do, I get keen to write in and ask questions and, you know, strive for my top fan badge. But unfortunately, my phone died literally like... In the first minute, and so I, I couldn't, I couldn't That's have those interactions. Sad. That's very. I sad. wanted to ask you really hard questions that would push you more over time, but just yeah, uh, rough well. gig, rough gig. Yes, rough giving gig indeed. Lawson, what are you <laughs> what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, I have just been a man on a mission lately, actually. So, well, essentially, like, I've got this new job as a Bible worker. It's really good, but we're currently helping some people, some other Bible workers, move out of their house. And it's literally been like a week ordeal. And now we're moving everything, all their furniture from a storage container to their new house today. Oh, so you um, had to move it twice. Yeah. Oh, that's so the worst. driving the box truck and uh, yeah, it's going to be good. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Fantastic. Let's talk about some positively different news this morning. All right, Lyle, we're talking about the Olympics. Oh. Don't at me. Yeah. We're doing we're doing it because I want to. All right. You know, I I, I might I may even mention the Olympics in my oh, section. Oh, look may. at this hypocrite! Are you serious? I may. I may. Are you se- no? You're not allowed to talk about the Olympics because you bag them so much. Yes. <laughs> well, no. But anyways, okay. So probably the the best story coming out of the Olympics, or one of the best stories coming out of the Olympics, is Philip the Philippines gold gold medal. Yes. Like people are just well. The Philippines itself would be absolutely elated, but people are just so stoked. This is their first gold medal in 100 years. Up until this point, they had only ever won 10 medals, um, you know, silvers and golds. Uh, sorry, silvers and bronze. Um, but Here's a girl who started training with uh, a, a piece of a, a random piece of pipe and, and concrete blocks. Yeah, this is what I wanted to say. So not even that, because this woman, like, her name is um, Hidalyn Diaz. Okay, I wanted to focus on her a little bit because... What I'm just learning about her is she is the most epic person ever. So basically, particularly in the lead up to the Olympics. So we know that she comes from the Philippines, which is a relatively impoverished country. She comes from a financially challenged family as well. And that's how that's how she got her start, essentially. Large family. Uh, yeah, big family. She's like, you know, 
one of many. <laughs> but um, that's how she got her start with like like blocks and pipes and all kinds of things, just lifting them and being like, wow, I'm really strong. And, you know, in training with that. But even in the run up to the Olympics, like it's, it's one thing to get your start with that and then people see you and they take you in and then they make you a superstar. This kind of happens in baseball and things like that a lot, you know, where um, like people flee. This happens in baseball where like people flee Cuba and get like scouted by big teams. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. When people get good in a developing country, they leave. They they leave. They have the opportunity. They go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. And that's uh, but this is the thing is that like they go somewhere else and you know some big you know, team or company or whatever takes them in. They become a professional athlete. And that's, you know, who this Or, or chick- they come to or they come to Australia and compete for Australia. Yeah. Oh, that, that happens. And win, and win Australia a gold <laughs> That happens pretty regularly. Yeah, it does. Um, but, or somewhere else like Australia, you know. But check it out. For Hidalin Diaz, like, she is, you know, a, a comp- like a competitor in this world. You know, this isn't her first Olympics, her first... Ro- she got uh, silver in 2016. She features in the World Championships um, many times. She's never won a World Championship, and she's never won an Olympic medal up until this year. Um, but essentially, her run-up to the Olympics was that... So she went to Malaysia to do an Olympic qualifying event in Asia, which she won. So she goes mm-hmm. to Malaysia, does this Olympic qualifying event and wins. And whilst she's in Malaysia, the whole of the world gets shut down from COVID. Yes. And she gets stranded in Malaysia for 14 months. That's a long time. With, like, no, like, you know, source of income. She's not allowed to work over there. She doesn't have, like, a working visa. She doesn't have anything. And she, the country's locked down anyway. The country's completely locked down, and she can't head back to her own home. And so what does she do? How does she train? She can't get out to a gym. She doesn't have any equipment with her. She's like living, you know, she was living out of a hotel and then kind of just transferred into some like super temporary shack accommodation. So she just starts training for the Olympics with water bottles. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. for For 12, 13 months. She's stuck in Malaysia with no money. And obviously she can't get money from her parents or family because they're, you know, pretty impoverished themselves, um, living in the rural areas of, of the Philippines. And so she spends her time training with water bottles, you know, keeping in shape everything. You know, I could imagine whilst the Australian weightlifting athletes or, you yeah, know, world-class gym. They're with- like, oh, look, I'll just wear a mask on my way to the AIS, you know, to, to pump some iron. She's literally training with plastic water bottles, like, filled up um, in this temporary accommodation. At the same time, she still has computer access. And she's running online seminars for the Philippines about, you know, for the athletes and training and all these different things whilst training with water bottles. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, man, this chick okay. Um, But, yeah, she stayed there completely stranded until the restrictions lifted at the start of this year in which she got back to the Philippines, got some initial training in, got back to the Philippines, got some initial training in, and then, yeah. Headed and I to imagine the lifting. Olympics. I imagine lifting water bottles would be very, very different from lifting proper weights because yeah. they're going to be bulky and they're going to be uneven. Yeah, and you're going to have just a random piece of pipe between them. You know, that's that's just enormously well, challenging. Well, this this is the thing. If from what she wrote, it seems like she wasn't even like deadlifting them because it's like she doesn't have a pipe or anything to put in the water bottles. It's just water bottles filled with water. She's just kind of like doing reps with them just as something just to keep the muscle just to keep her going home. she's like this is literally all i can do and so she's just like pumping water bottles every single day did she's she like, have a coach with her or anything like that no she's like by herself by herself she's her own stranded coach. in malaysia 
Yeah, this girl's a gun. And I, I, she is a gun. And it's really <laughs> cool to see, like, I, I think, like, you know, I just think about that situation. I'm like, how motivated would you have to be to say, look, what, this what's is interesting my is that, um, and, he, and here's something worth discussing, mm. um, is that in the lead up to the Olympics, her friends got together and banded together for nine days of prayer. Yeah, wow. Which is mm. interesting. And, and she joined them. She, mm. pr- she prayed with them. You know, on the cross, she was, she, oh, sorry, on the, on the, uh, on the podium, she was making the sign of the cross and, mm. and pointing up and saying, thank you, Lord. And, you know, ascribing, her victory to God. Mm. And the question that goes through my mind is this. Do you think that God favors athletes who are Christians? I have an opinion on this, and I don't believe so. I believe that God creates us as human beings, mm. each of us as individuals, and he enjoys seeing us succeed and do well in the things that we set our minds to mm. rather than playing favorites. I think it's the the peace that he gives us, like the you know the Which mental definite, resilience. Definite advantage right there. Yeah. That's, but that's the that's the advantage. Uh, but I don't think there's like a literal, you know, God's like tampering with the weight of the weight. No, you know, not at all. The angels aren't on either end lifting. The, yeah, yeah, this that's kind silly. Of stuff. I think I think that God's like, no, I've created you as a human being. I've given you a physique. It's a unique one. Go out and use it. Yeah, but even more than that, like it's it's a witness as well because this is what she said. Like this is this was her reaction to her podium and everything. I am thankful that God is using me to inspire all the young generation and all the Filipino people to keep fighting during this pandemic. She said in a statement uh, reported to uh, one of the Filipino news stations to all the young generations of the Philippines. Please dream high. That's how I started. I dreamed high, and finally, I was able to do it. And she ascribes that ability to be able to succeed to God. Yes. Um, and, but also like the Philippines is, Philippines is a place I've been to. And it's an interesting place where you've got a really impoverished country that's also heavily Christian because you, there's this bit of a divide. Um, and we saw this, you know, in Ethiopia and whatnot, this divide between the nation of, of desperation, but then adherence to religion. And it kind of leads to this melting pot that's a bit interesting. You know, crisis happens and, and people don't really know what to do or where to turn. And, um, you know, there, there are those who are strong in their faith who go to God, but because of the desperate situation, it can cause a lot of tension and a lot of violence, a lot of crime, all these kinds of things, um, which, you know, definitely is something that isn't rare in the Philippines, particularly in the areas that are contested by, you know, Muslims and, and Christians and all these things, different things where you've got like religious wars and race wars and everything. Um, but it's for her, she she's making the point like, Guys, like, yes, we are in a challenging circumstance. I was in a challenging circumstance. But if we can get close to God and let him guide us through this, like, we can actually come together to unify as a country um, and to and to be blessed. And so she's using this as a witness. And that's why I believe, like, oh, you know, why is God, like, you know, with her? Why is God working through her? Oh, man, to be a witness to her country and inspire them. It's really, really powerful. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Um, but, Lyle, oh, someone also said they liked the way that you introduced me this morning. <laughs> you were just speaking really fast. And so you know what that means, Lyle? Just speak faster from now on. Yeah. You know, that's probably the first time anybody has uh, complimented me when I said something fast. Yeah. Normally it's the other way around. They're like... Lyle, slow down. Slow we down. can't keep up. I get it all the time on uh, the end of digital. I try, guys. I try to slow down. But when you get excited about something, yeah, you just speak fast. Yeah, 100%. It just happens. Especially when you just like to speak. I feel like 
for myself, you know, I'm I'm very blessed to work in radio because yes. I just don't shut up. And then when this I'm really true. excited about something, then I just speak really, really fast. Uh huh. It, it happens all the time. I wonder what you're going to be like when you're like 80. <laughs> yeah. I reckon. I reckon Lawson. Well, you know, we'll be in the new earth by then. But anyway, I reckon I Lawson. So. I reckon if Lawson is still here, he'll be one of these guys. You go to visit him, and he just starts talking and doesn't stop until <laughs> anybody leaves. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be that person. Uh, All right, well, what's best. happening? Okay, so what's we're happening? talking about guns and strip clubs here this morning on oh, Faith my FM Radio. <laughs> so the uh, Faith Community Church of Saint Sabina mm-hmm. in Chicago has mounted their own gun buyback. Their own gun buy is that even yes? Can you do a private gun buyback? Well, you can in Chicago. Okay, yeah. Well, sh- sh- now, of course, to transfer uh, weapons in Chicago, you've got to have um, you, you've, got to, you've got to have security checks, and you've got to have you know pretty much the same kind of paperwork that you do here in Australia. The difference is that you can do it privately rather than having to go through a dealer. But it's mm. not that different from, from Australia. Chicago gun laws are. Basically the same as Australian gun laws. Yeah, there's there's pretty Just a little bit pretty heavy restrictions. Yeah, or well. incredibly heavy yeah. restrictions in Chicago. Mm. Okay, but they're doing a gun buyback. They've allocated twenty five thousand dollars to this, which is kind of symbolic. I mean, mm. you're looking at a very large city. What's Chicago? Five, six million people, maybe yeah. ten million. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Uh, but it's a very, very large city, and you know, in Australia, twenty five grand is going to buy about twenty five guns. Yeah, well, uh, he's going to buy a lot more than that in America, and so this is available for youth and young adults because that's who they're particularly targeting, mm. uh, and they can sell their guns. And so, yeah, they're offering well a lot less than what you get in Australia: a hundred dollars for rifles, two hundred dollars for assault rifles, uh, twenty dollars for high capacity magazines, and on their first weekend, they got one hundred and twenty three handguns and thirty one rifles. Wow. So, you know, this is symbolic. It's not really. It's not going to make any difference, but it mm. is. It is symbolic, and this is after uh, a bit of a spike. Um, just as an example, the first week end of July, in the city of Chicago, there were 104 people shot, 19 killed, and a total of 2,021 uh, for the first half of the year. So that's a much higher. Gun death ratio than what we have in Australia. In Australia, we gun deaths are about one uh, per hundred thousand. In uh, the United States, it's ten per hundred thousand. Yeah, and then specifically in Chicago, like Chicago has the high. I think Chicago is the highest in the mm. United States. Has the toughest laws and is, has the highest uh, yeah. gun crime. Mm. Uh, in, in fact, America is sits at about twentieth in the world as far as gun deaths go. As far as, you know, not combat zones, of course. Mm. Um, some of the other countries that might be worth avoiding, uh, just to give the stats here, Venezuela has gun deaths, oh. and this is criminal gun deaths, of course, yeah. 38.7 per 100,000. That's, mm. that's pretty high. Uh, El Salvador, 39.2 per 100,000. Honduras, 22.5. <sighs> Guatemala, 32.3. Colombo, 25.9. Uh, so, you know, there's some pretty violent countries around the world yeah. and some places that you definitely kind of want to avoid, if at all possible. Well, I'm just reading now that Chicago, their murder rate is 34 per 100,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So, the, so Chicago <laughs> is right up there <laughs> with the worst the countries worst the in worst. the world. You know, I, like just having, like as a young person, like being on social media and having like interaction with the kind of... Um, Urban genre of music and whatnot, which is very prol- proliferated by Chicago. They call it like Chirac 
That's like their, their nickname yeah, for that, the yeah, town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because like... It's more people die from guns in uh, Chicago than in Iraq. Yeah, because it's like, particularly like, yeah, in 2010, I think it surpassed Los Angeles for the, like, in terms of murder rate, which is insane. And, 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 and LA's never, never kept caught up. Yeah. Because, yeah. Thankfully for LA. Thankfully for LA, but unfortunately for Chicago, which is, yeah, huge metropolitan area in the United States mm. that has a, a murder rate the same as Honduras. Like, that's that's higher than Honduras. It's interesting because all of the, when you look at what they try and do in America as far as, you know, gun legislation, the thing they always target is assault rifles. Yeah. Which account for 4% of gun deaths. Yeah, wow. Well, and 60% of, those, of that 4% are suicides. Oof. You know, and so really when you see the politicians over there, like, oh, we're going to do something about, you know, uh, uh, gun gun laws in America. We're going to target assault rifles. Mm. They're actually just politically posturing. They're not actually doing anything about it. Yeah, and that's because it touches the heartstrings of people who are upset about school shootings. That's like, right. That's ultimately what Absolutely. It is. It's yeah. completely political. It's got nothing to do with actually addressing the real issues. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, it's handguns that are, the, the, the by choice. far the most deadly in yeah. those countries. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's doing all of the killing in in, the, in that country. But anyway, mm. uh, okay. So, the, and that, those stats, of course, were from the P Pew, sorry, mm. Research Institute. Okay, so we did talk. We say we would talk about strip clubs as well. So let's move from Chicago up to Alaska, where a new church has just opened in an old strip club. Now, oh, oh! <laughs> now this is this is this is kind of cool because you know if you go back through history, there was a time period in history when pagan temples were being turned into churches. Mm. You know, paganism was disappearing. No one was going to the temple anymore. It's like, why do we need this? Pull the idols out, uh, move in a pulpit, and people start preaching. Mm. That has well, kind of a slightly different interpretation in Alaska, where yeah. the daughter of an exotic dancer bought this uh, particular strip club that had gone out of business and uh, turned it into a church. Um, so, you know, the uh, the room that was once used for private lap dances, that's their youth Bible study room now. That is awesome. The stage where they used to have stripper poles is now where the pastor stands up and preaches the Word of God. They have about 50 people attending. They've got, uh, let me see here, they've got um, a marijuana shop on one side and a sex shop on the other. Perfectly placed. Perfectly placed. Wow. Absolutely. Mm. So uh, we wish them God's blessings. They they uh, they had about eighty people turn up for their uh, opening uh, about half a year ago, and that was uh, you know where the pastor um, Pastor Mendez uh, prayed for God to work through the lives of his congregants and the mm. people in the in that particular community. Mm. So I think wow. this is a great use. Let's reuse the building and use it for the glory of God. Something that was once used for Satan's work, let's repurpose it and let's use it for God's glory and God's honour. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's kind of a positively different news story there. I'm doing positively different news this morning. Well... Well, we just talked about the murder rate in Chicago. Yeah, no, no, well, okay, there was that. There was that. <laughs> Did everybody see the Fijians when they won gold in the rugby? I didn't, but everyone's talking about how amazing it was. And they all knelt down and prayed. Yeah. And thank God. Yeah, wow. You know, and the commentators, of course, say absolutely nothing about it. Like, oh, look at that. There's so much emotion in these Fijians. No, they're praying. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're actually doing. It's they're Christians. So Australian. Like, <laughs> the commentators so... probably had no idea what was going on. Yeah. It's like, what are they doing? That's kind of weird. Is that some kind of weird Fijian thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
this is what Christians do. This is how Christians respond to yeah. things that make them happy. Yeah, wow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's uh, go to our interview of the day. We have Dr. Sven Erstring joining us here uh, to talk about apologetics. Dr. Erstring, we enjoy you coming in, and we're going to be talking today about who is God. That's what we're going to be talking about, Lyle, and it's a fantastic topic. Okay, so when we talk about, you know, who is God, this is going to have a different answer. You know, you're going to get a different answer for a bunch of different people. Yeah, you you are. And and that's the really important thing that we need to dive into because, you know, if if you're talking to an Aztec or a Inca, you know, a, a few hundred thousand years ago, uh, they'd be thinking of quite a different person. A few thousand years ago. Yeah, a few thousand years ago. Uh, then, then, for example, if you talk to a Greek uh, yes. and, and if you talk to an atheist, uh, you would actually have very different pictures and understandings of God. It's really quite amazing. So, so one of the things that we need to really say is, okay, well, we need to understand who is it that we're really talking about. So let me give you an example. If, if one of our listeners called in uh, to our producer, producer Shell and said, I love the Brazilian, the regular Brazilian co-host of the, uh, the Faith FM breakfast show, you know, we'd all be going like, we might be a little bit confused. Uh, we would be confused. We, we have be... a regular Brazilian contributor once a month who talks about health, but, but we but don't not, have a co-host. But not a co-host every single day of the week, right? So Lawson, so be... is, Lawson is as Aussie as they come. Well, I, he he's got Brazilian qualities, I think, too. You know, his his laugh is and his extroverted style, but he yes. he's not Brazilian, right? No. So so we'd be going like either. The listener, um, whoever calls in, would be would misunderstand who you are and who Lawson is, or we'd have to say they're referring to someone who doesn't actually exist, and, and that's the whole thing with this this concept of who is God, who is God, because we need to get it right. We need to be saying, okay, you know, if we're going to talk about the co-host, the 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 main anchor for the uh, the Faith FM breakfast show, we need to be talking about a person called Lyle. We need to know who Lyle is, and then we can discuss, you know, well, is Lyle a great person? Is he moral? Is he, you know, is he a decent guy? Does he have a great sense of humor? Does he know a lot about history and, and war? Or is he more into, you know, ballet and, and ice skating? You, you know what I mean? The, I don't mind ice skating. You, you don't mind ice skating, but, but it's not <laughs> what you're talking about all the time. No, it's not. So, so what we want to do is we want to actually dive when, into this topic. Who is God? Who are we talking about? Yes. And that requires us to understand his qualities, and that's what we want to dive into today. It's, it's kind of like a friend of mine who was um, talking to somebody on a plane, and, and, and the person was, you know, because we often have conversations with random people on planes, um, and the person was talking about how that they were an atheist, and, of course, he was a, he was a minister. And uh, and he says, well, describe the God you don't believe in. Exactly, exactly. So, so for example, you know, somebody might, might be sitting beside me on a plane or an airport or on a bus, and they might say, I don't believe in a God who could torment people in hell forever and ever, and, and they're conscious 
I, I'm, I'm an atheist to that kind of God. I'm, I, I don't believe in that God either. Yes. So, so, so this is a very important thing. So we need to be talking about the same person. So let's dive into the qualities of God um, that, that we, we need to really understand. First of all, Lyle, is this, is that God is present everywhere. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the, the biblical data here. And, and this is biblical data to, to give us a handle, but it's also true for philosophy as well. So for, for, for God to exist everywhere, uh, if we go to Psalm 139 verses 7 and 8, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Um, Sheol is, is the grave. The grave, yes. So, so literally, God is everywhere. So you cannot go up in a rocket. So, so recently, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson uh, went out into space. You could go anywhere in space and God would still be present right where you are. That's amazing. That's absolutely stunning. And it's one of the great things because, you know, if I ever was to become an astronaut, and I think I probably missed that opportunity by now, but if I ever was, it would be a pretty unique experience to pray and to be in communication with God from, you know, the International Space Station or something like that. Exactly. Now, you can go in a, a, a deep sea submarine um, down in the trenches in the Pacific, and God is present there. That's amazing. So there, there, that's the first one. Second is that God is all-knowing. He knows everything which is true. So in the same psalm, it says, Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. God knows everything. That's amazing. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you want to do. He knows, you know, the, the Lego box you want to buy down at the Lego store. My wife wants to buy it. Um, and, and <laughs> you, you, you know, He's he, a Lego he, addict. He knows everything, even, even your dark secrets. Yes. God knows everything. So that's the second one. Uh, the third one is that God is all-powerful. So uh, when Jesus was talking to his followers, he said this. He said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amazing. Now, I want to just stop here, and, and some people might say, uh, well, does that mean that God can do absolutely everything? And and that that's not true. So God can't um, make a square circle, for example. He can't make, he can't give you freedom of choice and then force you to do something. And, and C.S. Lewis actually made At the this- same time. At the same time. And, and we might say, well, what's the problem with that? Well, C.S. Lewis in the book, The Problem of Pain, gave a perfect um, answer to this. It, he says this, his omnipotence, his all-powerful um, quality, means power to do all that is intrinsically possible, not to do the intrinsically impossible. You might attribute miracles to him, but not nonsense. And this is C.S. Lewis's point. There is no limit to his power. If you choose to say God can give a creature free will and at the same time withhold free will from it, you have not succeeded in saying anything about God. Um, meaningless combination of words do not suddenly acquire meaning simply because we uh, prefix them or refer them um, with the God, the words God can. It is no more possible for God than for the weakest of his creatures to carry out both of two mutually exclusive alternatives, not because his power meets an obstacle, but because nonsense remains nonsense, even when we talk about it to God, about yes, God. absolutely. So, so you can't make up this crazy thing like, can God create a stone that he can't lift? I mean, that, that is, C.S. Lewis saying, is nonsense. It's not the problem, it's not with God. It's with the question. 
It's illogical. Mm-hmm. So, so let's not say, well, God can do illogical things. No, or, or that's a problem. Let's focus on what is logical and meaningful, and God can do everything that is logical. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad that you're, you're mentioning this because it's one of these things that, you know, sometimes you do hear these silly questions that come out, and it's like the problem is with the question. Exactly. No, that's, that's, that's where the issue is. Just exactly. stop and think about the question for a moment. Yes. You know. I, I mean, let me give you an example. You know, there, there's, a, there's a Buddhist saying, the sound of one hand clapping. And, and people go like, whoa, that's deep, man. It's not and deep. you have to go, that's not real. That, that, that's it's, just it's illogical. Yeah. It's nonsense. And, and, and this is one of the things that, well, anyway. Never mind. So, going so going, yes. going on to the next quality. So, God is all powerful. He can do anything that's logically possible. The the um, the fourth thing that we're looking at here today is He is morally perfect. So, in Deuteronomy, it says this: the the rock, referring to God, His work is perfect, for all His ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is He. So God is morally perfect. So when, when somebody says to you, uh, God is a moral monster, he's, he's a, a, a moral atrocity, you have to know exa- at that point they're talking about a different God. Absolutely. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm an atheist to that God as well. Absolutely. So, so if you attribute any kind of evil or injustice uh, to God, then you, you aren't understanding who we're referring to. The Bible and philosophers are referring to God is morally perfect. And then the final one, which I really love, is, I kind of gave it away, but God is love. And this is at the foundation of everything that God is. You know, yes. When you think about it, um, this is the reason that we have the power of choice because you know, I talked about this fairly extensively on the N.Digital last night, and that is that it's, it's the power of choice that creates the existence of love. Yes, you can't have love without the power of choice. Correct. It it terrifies me when I come across Christians who say that God takes away our power of choice. I'm like, well, if he takes away our power of choice, then he's removed love. That you know that that's never going to happen. It's not going to work. It's going to be one of those logical impossibilities. Yes. Yes. So God is love, and and a close follower of Jesus, a very close friend, um, said this: anyone who does not love does not know God, because. God is love, and that's amazing. Mm. Now, I want to I want to take all of these incredible qualities, and and philosophers would say these are what they call maximally great qualities. So it's power to the the maximum, it's knowledge to the maximum, it's moral perfection to the maximum, it's it's being present everywhere. These are maximally great qualities, and what philosophers have done is they have explored this, and they they have identified that when you have all of these qualities as God has, there is one more quality that we need to know about. Oh, okay. And that is this, is that it means um, that it is impossible for God not to exist. It's called the ontological argument. It it gets into a lot of detail, but it means it's impossible for God not to exist. And this is amazing. You know, uh, let me let me illustrate. For example, the Faith FM show may not have occurred uh, this morning. Yes. 
So, so for example, um, Lyle, Lawson and Michelle may have all slept through their, their uh, alarm clocks this morning. They all may be sleeping in their beds and, and this show may not be on. It is on, but it's possible that it wasn't on. The power may have gone off in the there studio. There have been times when it has not been on. It, it, there has been time. You know, there might have been a huge cyber attack from, from either the Chinese or Martians or, or the Iraqis or, or wherever and, and the whole thing went down and you would not be listening to this show. It's possible. It's possible this show is on. It's possible it's not. For example, it's possible that you never exist, Lyle. For example, maybe your parents, you know, they just happened not to cross paths or they happened to fall in love with somebody else. And, and in that case, there would be other children that existed other people, but not you. Yes. So you are possible or you, uh, you, it's possible you didn't exist. It's possible that the universe never existed as well. So, you know, we can go into cosmology, which we do on this program, but it's possible that nothing physical existed. And that's true scientifically, philosophically, logically as well. But there's one thing, it is impossible for God not to exist. God exists what we call necessarily. And, and when, God, when Moses met God at the burning bush in, in the... Um, uh, this, the desert, the yes, Arabian yep. desert um, in, in Sinai. Um, he asked, what's your name? Tell me your name. And this is what, what God said to him. Uh, God, said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So what, what that's saying is this is I exist. I exist. It's not like I possibly exist or I might not exist. No, I exist and we need to understand that when we're talking about all of these equality, uh, these qualities, it means that God exists um, necessarily. And this is another very important point as well, Lyle, is this. It's actually the impossible that atheism is true. Well, that kind of goes hand in hand with our last conclusion, isn't it? It does. Because if it's impossible that God exists, then it's also impossible that atheism is true. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, you always come on here and just bend our minds, and we appreciate it so much. It was a fantastic presentation there this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.